grab some content by making <laughs> grab some glory. Dot got it. <laughs> Nobody lives forever. So I say we grab some glory by making some great content right now. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. <laughs> Let's go. Howdy. Welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast, a production of the Pacific Century Media Company. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. I'm pleased as punch to be have back my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. And I'll tell you what, you sounded an awful lot like Patrick Mahomes before the Super Bowl, getting the rest of the Chiefs all fired up. I'm I'm all fired up like uh, one of Pat Benatar's best shots. <laughs> so we're staying on a Pat uh, theme today. <laughs> oh, or Patty, if you like. <laughs> Whatever happened to Pat Summerall? He's he's not alive anymore, is he? He's yeah, he died. Okay, he was good. Oh no. I, no. didn't, I didn't. I didn't care for him. Pat Summerall calling uh, football games with uh, John Madden for CBS for like twenty years. Mm-hmm. Seemed like twenty years. And then what? And then Madden went to Fox. Mm-hmm. That seemed like the end of an era. Yep. And then and then um, and then he went to Monday Night Football, and that was the end for Dennis Miller. Yeah. Short lived. Two two great two great seasons, man. That was great. Yeah, yeah. No, I. One one of his best, and I think it was there was a Packers game, and he was you know comparing Lambeau Field to <laughs> where the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers came together. <laughs> Why? I have no idea. Just like the the dawn of it all. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's, um, he's got a podcast. It's okay. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. He didn't even try to manage expectations though, the way we do. People coming in. And I think, uh, I think that they, the people who listen to our podcast, Brian, uh, have, have grown accustomed to a pretty good podcast, but I'm, I'm, uh, hereby saying that I'm prepared to up the ante to very good. I think that listeners today can expect a very good podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. A very good starts today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you hear my dog barking? I can. <laughs> and it was funny because I started hearing the dog right when you started talking about us elevating our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the neighbor comes to my front door again to borrow another tool. So my neighbors, okay, so the neighbors had a, a fence that probably went in in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, you know, it it was, um, it was weathered and nobody was sorry to see it go, but he says he's got a plan from the city and then actually it wasn't, the fence wasn't on the property line, but he's, he's coming over onto my side a little bit. Mm. What I always, what I, what I considered. What I considered to be, um, my property and now it's not, you know, so. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. Um, the first house that, uh, Mrs. Grimm and I bought was a new build. And so we were responsible for building the fences on the property line on, on either side of the house. Um, I used to work for a fencing company many, many years ago. And so I worked at a deal with both neighbors to say, Hey, if you supply the materials, I will build the fence. And that seemed agreeable to both sides. One side, they were great, totally fine. Solid fence, happy neighbors. The other side, after the fence was built, uh, the neighbor came by and rings the doorbell and she says, your fence is too far over on the property line. And she says that she's measured it and it's too far over. 
and she has somebody from the city coming out to look at it. Uh, so the surveyor comes out, he looks at it, and uh, it's it's right where it needs to be. Right but on the money. Felt, right on the money, but she felt that it was an inch and a half too far over onto her side. And I said, well, what, what do you want to do? She says, I'm ripping the fence down. And I says, well, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> that's, that's destruction of property. Um, the guy says that it's, a, it's in good shape. And so the, the reasonable man that I am, I asked her what would make her happier, happy other than ripping the fence down. And she said that she uh, would prefer to take the pickets and the, the two by fours and flip them around to the other side to give her the inch and a half that I have taken from her. So she, so she spent she spent a whole summer with her parents that are, were like in their 70s, taken down section by section, picket by picket, and flipping it around to the other side. Uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of work, but uh, what you could have just oh nice. Um, so does that mean I'm monologuing for or? a bit? Okay, so um, that's just such a hard, that's such a hard um, thing to, it would be so hard. You, you build a house, you, you go into um, that sort of investment, arguably the biggest investment of a person's, normal person's life. And um, they, you know, and then you like end up next to a, like a crazy person or somebody that you can't keep the peace with um reminds me a little bit of um well i've been so i've been studying up for a uh a a, a podcast that i'm prepared to do on my own uh about the scots irish in america uh really uh, texas my adopted state was um uh, arguably stolen fair and square uh, by the Scots-Irish uh, who came uh, through the Cumberland Gap and other gaps uh, into Kentucky and Tennessee and then down to the south and now they and then ended up in uh, the Republic of Texas well it wasn't a republic so much as a state of Mexico but um, uh, are so are you so anyway, I'm I'm doing a lot of research about that. It's got some. Uh, it's not today, but it deals with uh, John McCain and a, and a guy named Jim Webb, mm-hmm. who's a who's a senator, but he's also an author. And um, uh, he, this is this is a little this is a little teaser. I've been quoted by Senator Webb. Uh, I reviewed one of his books and. Um, he quoted me, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's not a euphemism to say I've been quoted by the senator. <laughs> but I am hoping that we'll have some time today to uh, talk about euphemisms. But I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take the gloves off. I'm sick and tired of uh, trying to pretend that the world's not circling the drain, that COVID-19 isn't really a big deal and that we can just be happy watching Steve McQueen movies and reading, you know, old mysteries. Um, I think those are fine things to do. Uh, and I'm, I, it's not like I'm going to roll up my sleeves and develop a serum. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't been working on that for the past 90 days. I haven't been working on a serum as hard as I could. You call yourselves men. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, what I was, I was hoping to talk to you about the, the acceleration that's, that's, that's going on. And I, and I think that it's, okay, the, the, my, um, my point of view is this, that um, the biggest event of my life, arguably, would have been... Uh, the events of 9-11, an attack on America, on American soil, uh, and the resulting 
mobilization for war, which was still not not total. I mean, it wasn't World War Two. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a volunteer army, and you know, it's just a a minority of of Americans were involved in that in, in the sacrifice and the and the toil and and everything that went into it. And um, you know how my life changed. My life changed because it became more of a hassle to fly because I got to I got to wear loafers because you got to take your shoes off every time because some knucklehead snuck a bomb in in the soles of his shoes or something right. like that. Was that guy's name Richard Reed, or was that the dad in the Brady Bunch? Yeah, Richard Reed was the shoe bomber. But he, he was the would-be shoe bomber. Yeah, he, he was. I guess, yeah, the shoe bomber isn't really accurate. It's the uh, guy who packed the, an explosive device into his soles. The, his shoes. The, the, the attempted shoe bomber. And, and, so, and so there's that. There's, you know, there's, there's you got to step, step into the X-ray machine. So, you know, once again, feast your eyes. Get a good look. Yeah. Anonymous people. Yeah. Um, did I? Okay, so have you ever heard of the place in Austin? There's um, Barton Springs is like um, a place in the Colorado River. Okay, so the Colorado, not, not the Colorado River that goes through the Grand Canyon, but like another Colorado River goes through um, Austin. And there's a wide spot where it's dammed up, and I think, and they call it Lady Bird Lake. And then there's Cold Springs, uh, B- Barton Springs, which is like downtown, so it's very urban. But it's got a very classical feel. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. And I say classical, not in the sense of like, um, you know, early Bob Dylan, but in the sense of the Greeks and the Romans. Okay. Okay. Because um, the, um, the, the, the changing areas uh, have showers and it's, it, it's all an outdoor thing because Austin is so temperate. And so uh, when you finish your shower uh, or when you finish your swim in the freezing cold mineral, minerally springs there in Bar- Barton Springs, and it's very refreshing on a hot day and you can swim laps or whatever you know there's and there's you know there's a bunch of there's always hippies and austin people like you know like on the sides and uh you know on the banks and the 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 grassy knolls i guess and um you know it's it's a thing that people do in austin it's a real thing but when you when you go into change it's like it's like a wide open space and it's like it's like all the Roman senators from every movie you've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> Sans togas, <laughs> you know, um, taking care of business, uh, you know, just, just like, as I say, wide open. So it's just like, okay, well, here and we I go. thought the, I thought the Glenwood Springs pool locker room was bad. It, well, it probably is. It probably is worse than this because I mean, this this is like being outdoors with old naked guys, um, because because like there's not a roof on the place, and as I recall, there's there's benches along the sides, and then there's like um, like shower kiosks, you know. But there's like also like grass and trees in the middle, so it's. It's it's a very natural way to bathe with with naked old men, strangers <laughs> who are in no way related to you. Okay, so so what got me on uh, the Barton Hot Springs? Something about uh, is it being naked? Were we talking about dry? And how my life's changed. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's a, a theatrical, there's security theater. There's a, a security theater uh, aspect to, 
to uh, traveling and otherwise 9-11 didn't change my life. I mean, it, it left a big, um, you know, it's a terrible memory. It's a, it's a bad deal, but um, it didn't change my life. I would say that, that the COVID-19 crisis of this year will change everything. And one of the ways that it will do so is by accelerating business, uh, business cycles and trends that were already moving. So the big will get bigger. Mm-hmm. I think I think Walmart will get get bigger. Um, Amazon will get much much bigger, and medium sized companies are going to get crushed. I do think, that in my humble opinion, um, a mom and pop can probably survive if they are awesome in customer service but it's going to be tough there's no what do you think Uh, customer service these days is is speed um that's that's what makes customers happy um and mom and pop can be the nicest people ever but if it takes two and a half weeks it doesn't matter Okay. So you're saying, okay. So who do you see? I mean, so, okay, well, that's bleak. Who do you, do you see any, 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 any boutique, any small sized company surviving? Um, I think that you're always going to have you know, a, a small shop that either relies upon tourists, um, uh, you know, people who are just wandering around looking to spend some money, right? So you think about some of these smaller towns that are, have a, uh, a tourist attraction and, you know, have a bunch of a spice store or whatever. I think that those things will stick around because they rely on people, um, walking by and having to come in and then drop $80 on some boutique. Okay. That's something that we do like every three, every three years. I mean, I, I don't, that will make a, an impulse buy on vacation. Mm -hmm. How how can you possibly, um, stay afloat counting on that? I mean, I mean, it's one thing for New York City to count on tourism because you've got all these. But I mean, if you're in whatever, a mountain town, which, by the way, a small town in, in the Colorado mountains has a lot more currency than though there's that one place. It's horrible. It's between like Raton and um, Montrose. And it's just the perfect stop. It's a perfect geographical point to use the restroom and get gas, and it's horrible. It's disgusting. The people are like, I mean, it's like it's like they moved from Alabama because Alabama was was embarrassed by them. I would, I will find that I'm going to look for the name of that town. If I if I could count on you to you know pull your weight in this <laughs> stupid podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a pretty good podcast. It's a very good podcast. (laughs) But you're also saying how there's no hope for anyone but Amazon and barely Walmart. So, Mr. Positive? Walmart better figure it out because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they're they're looking at the gallows. Um, You're you're probably thinking of Trinidad? Nope, I'm not. No, that's... um, that's much, uh, that's Trinidad is way further south. So between Raton and, um, between Raton and, uh, it's like, it's, it's like just south of Cotopaxi. Um, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to disparage any of the fine folks who are keeping the restrooms clean and changing out the hot dogs on the spinners once in a while, um, you know, who are emptying in the trash cans, you know, but I'm, I'm just, there's, thinking, there's a, okay. So you're thinking of Walsenburg? 
Okay, you're just trying to aggravate me now because by mentioning Walsenburg after Trinidad, you're going in the wrong direction and Walsenburg is south of Trinidad. No, it's not. It's north. Fine. It's, it's north by like 30 miles. Uh, Westcliff. <laughs> this is great content. Um, Arvada? Arvada. Is it Arvada? <laughs> it's Lyman. Jeff thinks of a crappy city and Brian shouts out names of small towns in southern Colorado. Listen now. <laughs> like and share, please. <laughs> we appreciate your five-star reviews. No, there's a place where, okay, so you're on highway, you're on from when you're when you're cutting up uh, at a northwestern angle, you're on highway 69, well out of West Cliff. It's actually a, a pretty drive um, as long as you got a, a tank full of gas and you've taken it easy on the energy drink on the way. But then you, you get up and about the time you turn on to a hot, before you get to Highway 50, at which point you take a left and then you just take that in. Now, I understand that that road's been closed off this year. So mm -hmm. you, you can't really go that way to the Western, uh, the, what do they call it? The, the something plateau, the Ucampadre plateau. You don't know. Do you even live in Colorado? I mean, have I ever actually seen proof? I mean, like, I've never seen your driver's license. Uh, you I know, other, I'm, I, looking, I, I, I'm looking at the wall in your office. You got, like, you know, John Denver's greatest hits frame there. But other than that, what do we see? So, look, I, I, I want to know from you because, because I see this acceleration. And, yeah. and that's even assuming that, like, Okay, so not for nothing, but I mean, on my mind, very much on my mind, is the fact that there's a food processing plant about an hour north of where I live, in, which is north of Dallas. And um, they've had an outbreak there. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a friend of ours lives in the same town, and she's like, well, they're trying to keep it quiet, but this is what's going on. So, I mean... That that starts a different chain of events. That's the s food which nourishes us and keeps us alive. If that supply chain starts to go, then it doesn't matter about mom and pop, you know, right. anything. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'm thinking, okay, you okay? So you're hanging your hopes on Amazon and tourist town spice shops. I guess I would say to you that. Companies like, you know, the big department stores have got to really up their their internet game, and I would also say that small shops um, can win where like medium sized companies can't. Will 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 Barnes and Noble be back? I don't know. I don't even know if like largish uh, bookstore chains that sell new and used books will be back. But I think a small bookstore um, could make a living. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, honestly, I, I've been saying for years that the events of globalization will have almost everybody making $4 an hour without health insurance. And we seem closer to that than previously. I, I saw, and you probably saw the same thing, that, that Nordstrom is closing a number of stores around the country. I have seen that and they're teetering on bankruptcy. Right. Nordstrom, which um, is an expensive department store. They are. But, but also known for their supreme customer service. I mean, there's the, there's the, the, the legend of some guy who tried to return some snow tires at Nordstrom. Yes. And, and uh, they took them back. Gave, gave the guy, you know, store That's credit right. or his money or, or whatever the case may be. Um, in a retail setting, if somebody who has legendary customer service like Nordstrom, I mean, if they can't make it, what, who, who can? Well, okay. But what I would say is, uh, I, I would 
I would I would turn to the uh, example of Best Buy, who was on death's door 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but they found a way to have big stores, uh, have lush showrooms to stock, uh, to have them staffed by earnest, um, mostly uh, young people who would have trouble talking to your daughter but not about how to install a sound card or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, how to, <laughs> how, how to, how to use the modem. So, um, uh, I think Best Buy's done some things that Macy's Nordstrom would do well to try to, to, to emulate i also think when i think of the small s- small business um um when i think of small businesses i think of that guy that used to have the used um clothing store in denver do you remember that uh, mm-hmm. dress for less clothiers yep um um he um uh, he, he had. Did you did you know he like was attacked? Uh, What's his name? Rick Reese. Great guy, such mm-hmm. a great guy. And when I had, um, you know, I did business with him, I, um, and I also bought some great stuff. I bought like a green blazer that I had no right trying to wear. I, I bought a bowler hat that um, I still have, and it, that that hat is so classy. But then, you know, I mean, I couldn't wear it for a long time because of Deion Sanders. Um, you know, uh, now I think, was it Farrell who wears a big round hat? You know, I mean, all these guys are like ruining it for me. Farrell. Yeah, Will Farrell. <laughs> anyway, I mean, so, so Rick Reese would pick up clothes at like estate sales and he would travel and the internet really started putting pressure on him. And then he was like selling stuff on eBay and then he bought some property and then uh, was moving. But then he like got, I think he got shot. I think he got robbed and shot. And he was really, and, and he was getting close to hanging up and re- taking retirement anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, he may have sold it or somebody else took it over and it just went down the tubes because it wasn't him. It was the guy. It was the personality mm-hmm. that mattered, which was, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you bother to listen to podcasts that you're not a part of, but my conversation with Peter Jans um, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, he was talking about like Belichick, right? I mean, can you just plug a guy into a system or do you have to make some allowance for the personnel that you get? And And he was illustrating it with, the difference between running a three-four defense and running a four-three defense, and you know, what was his what was his conclusion? That you can have an overall philosophy. Well, the way what, what I took, and I mean, I um, if I'm misrepresenting Pete's uh, thoughts, I I apologize. But what I understood it to be is that you can have an overall philosophy, but you got to be willing to make some adjustments, which mm-hmm. is like sounds a lot to me like, you know, firm when necessary and flexible when possible, which is, you know, a, a nice way to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, it's what it's what I you know try to be, um, though that's not by any means universal. I've worked for plenty of people who were firm. Not- firm without 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 consideration or you know thought um uh i thought um you know and other people who just let you get away with oh my goodness there was is that you know a hundred years ago when well it was more like a thousand years ago because a hundred years ago was was march the sixth was (laughs) um we Um, uh, um, tell me what you would do if you were the CEO of Nordstrom. Go. 
if I was the CEO of Nordstrom, I would okay, probably. This, this is the worst elevator pitch ever. <laughs> is there a pen that you want me to sell instead? <laughs> um, if I was the CEO of Nordstrom, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it costs to, to run, you know, 10,000 square feet of retail space. Uh, what you pay in rent, what you pay in overhead, it just, it just seems, it just seems crazy. Um, so I would, I would take Nordstrom um, to smaller shops. Um, and then ha what people like about Nordstrom is that they know that they can return anything like the story with the, the tires. You probably um, can't do the tire trick anymore. You probably can't. However, um, if, if you knew that you could, as painless as possible, order something online, and if it wasn't what you expected, if you had a, a great place to take it back or have an alternate ship to where you could try it on and then send the other one back where it was easy to handle exchanges, that's I would set something up like that. Okay. So when you say get smaller, how much smaller? Half the size. Okay. A quarter of the, a quarter of the size. I mean, you're getting getting rid of whole lines. Yeah, I mean, I think that you'd have to look at what's what's your highest profit margin and what's what sells the most, and strip the rest out. Put that, I'll tell put you that, what. Put that I, stuff I'll, online. Sorry. Put yeah. the rest of that stuff online. Uh, the the business, the absolute business that I, I think is in worse shape than any other is business real estate, commercial real estate. I mean, is anybody going back to the office when this thing's over? Um, I think that some people will. Um, however, this has forced companies to reevaluate how they feel about people working at home how they set up people working someplace else. Um, uh, I've read a couple of things about Silicon Valley saying, why do we all have to be here? And, uh, you know, what I think, what Twitter is allowing everybody to work from home uh, through the end of the year. Um, yeah. So, you know. So if if retail is is scaling back, if businesses are going to scale back, you still have what uh, doctors? Per, you know, I mean, look if you're what other professional services? I mean, I mean, certain types of lawyers are always going to want a big shot kind of business. I've seen episodes of the practice, Brian, um, but you know, other guys will just put it, hang a shingle up. Mm -hmm. Shingle up. Did you did you open a can? Do, do I need to open up a can? <laughs> I meant of a refreshing beverage, not not a can of whoop tail. No, that was no, that was my knuckles. Oh, okay. Well, they have a your knuckles have a effervescent uh, of a, a whiff of effervescence. Some people's knuckles pop. Mine sparkle. <laughs> pop and sparkle. <laughs> that'd be a good name for that'd be a good name for a podcast. <laughs> or a uh, a Las Vegas show with a white tiger. <laughs> I heard there's an opening. Oh, too soon. Too soon. Which one died? The one that got eaten? I think so. Well, you know, that's got to take something out of a guy. Yeah. Being mauled by your pet. Which is a man, which was a man killer when you brought it home. <laughs> Listen, we're as we continue to provide the sort of content that you want, the sort of down-to-earth, good example, but interesting, thought-provoking content that you desire, we want to be available to you. And that's why we got a business phone.
And you can give us a call at 214-970-8339. This is the Pacific Century Media slash Managing Expectations podcast telephone number. It's a direct line, 214-970-8339. Or, or you could send us an email at PAC100Media, that's P. P-A-C-1-0-0, media, at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and we appreciate your feedback. I guess if all else fails, you could just leave us a five-star review on any of the streaming podcast platforms and uh, tell us what you think there. Brian, you're... Yeah, can they send a fax to to that phone number, or is it just voice only? Brian, we're in a people business. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm not the sort of person who who dodges phone calls all morning. <laughs> though, though I have in the time that we've been talking, uh, failed to take a phone call from my old man and my wife three times. Uh, she. Um, I don't yeah. think our listeners were aware of that. That your phone has been blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making a funny joke about my awesome ringtones? Uh, I was making a funny joke about your ringtones. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little. I'm. I'm more optimistic about a small business. I think a niche that um, can survive around. Um, you know, kind of like. Um, what are the like the birds that like rest on the head of the crocodile or hippopotamus? How's that work? You like nature a lot more than I do. Are you talking about a symbiotic relationship? Um, I, I get it's a type of symbiotic relationship, yes. Where, but but it only it, it doesn't work when they're like equals. I mean, my wife and I have a symbiotic relationship, don't we? And that we're both in this together, unlike, you know, me and ketchup and Frito-Lay and as much as they put out, you know, piano, piano music commercials telling me that they're in this with me. I really don't feel the love of the Ford Motor Company right now. Except for you can defer your payments for 90 days if you purchase a $50,000 Ford Explorer. (laughs) Yeah, it's worth thinking about. It's pretty generous of them. Uh, no, what, like what? What are the what are those fish called that that like attach themselves to the bottom of a great white shark? Yeah, like that, like that. Yeah. I'm saying, but but the thing is, the thing is, um, you can't. Anybody who thinks Amazon is their friend is wrong. If you make something awesome, if you are marketing something awesome and selling it on the Amazon platform, they will turn around. <clears throat> And they will kill you. And there's and there's documentation because they can get it cheaper, made in the third world, and turn around and 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 they can dial down your analytics and dial up their own. And people are think they're getting your thing, but they're really getting Amazon's thing. Plus, they can get it in two days with Prime and all of that nonsense. Two days, a day, a day anymore. <clears throat> have, have you seen uh, are you familiar with the company Allbirds the shoe company uh, I think I skipped an ad a couple of ads for them on YouTube is it like chicks espadrilles or something no the, I mean they, they make wool they make wool like sneakers for men and women um, they're, they're an interesting company you know they're kind of cool shoes they look they look comfy um, they, you know, they sold them through their website. And then I think that they, they might've had a deal with Amazon that people could buy them on Amazon and get them, you know, get them real quick. Uh, Amazon knocked them off for like 20 bucks cheaper. Um, they look exactly the same. They're probably made in the same factory. Um, it's, it's just crazy. Seriously. Seriously. And you still feel okay about your prime membership? Listen, if I need a, um, it's it's been helpful over the past ninety days. So you don't have to go to Sam's Club, right? Well, yep. Wow. 
you are descended from Daniel Boone, aren't you? Uh, so the thing with Allbirds is uh, adventures in natural materials, and they do sell for men, though um, they do sell, uh, let's see, everyday sneakers, slip-ons, boat shoes, uh, and um, mm, not sure that it's got enough support for the wingman. Um, you know, I think, it's, a, I think you can get an insert. That's made, okay. that's made from uh, sustainable materials. My, uh, my feet are so flat <laughs> that I can uh, stick to the side of wet glass. I can actually climb a skyscraper if it's, if it's wet but not, you know, drenched. It's too bad that that scene in Mission Impossible 4 was filmed in Dubai. <laughs> Cause it's yeah. Just- because I feel about Dubai about the way I feel about Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's see, but and and also Allbirds is like, uh, like this one that I went to. It it looks, it looks kind of ballet slipperish, slippery, and mm-hmm. it's called a tree skipper. A tree skipper. Hmm. I'm not sure that's the. I'm not sure that's that's what I'm after. No. Um, I, I, all right. Oh, high tops are called tree toppers. Mm, I don't know. I mean, that kind of looks like a chukka boot. I could probably wear that. I don't know. It just looks uh, castor bean insole. We layered castor bean oil which emits less carbon than petroleum-based foam and ZQ merino wool for a cushiony, moisture-wicking, and odor-reducing insole. Did your mom, did your mother tell you about this this company? Is that what this is about? Full disclosure, my mom is the CEO of Auburn's. I'm surprised Kenny Loggins didn't start playing as soon as you like as soon as you like get on the homepage. Danger Zone? No, not Danger Zone. That I love the I love the Rainforest album that he did and that your mother and I got in a fight about. Not really a fight. So much as me saying how stupid it was and her taking offense and simmering in resentment for decades. What? But yeah. <laughs> Not, not the Morris I know. So, I I said um, uh, I was a, I was at my day job. I was at my day job, and I said, "Heavens to Murgatroy," because mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I I will often say, "Oh, for Pete's sake!" But now I work with a guy named Pete. And I've said, you know, for the, you know, I'll, I'll say something like, oh, for the love of Mike. And, and then they're like, uh, <gasps> who's Mike? Okay. So that's, that's good. So, so it started me thinking. Of, so then I said, heavens to Murgatroyd. And this young woman uh, that I work with uh, was like, what's that? Like, I, I, I don't know. And then we started talking about euphemisms. And I think a lot of them got picked up from from uh, cartoons, right? right? Like, didn't Sylvester used to say suffer and succotash? Or was that Yosemite Sam? Uh, I think that was Sylvester. Um, I, Yosemite Sam, he ran all the way up to the line <laughs> a lot worse than uh, suffer and succotash. Well, what did, what did, what did, really, what did he say? Um, I, sh- I showed the kids on YouTube some of the old Warner Brothers stuff. Is that still and, on YouTube? Y- yeah. And uh, the stuff with like natives with the bones through the nose. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And there was one about with the, the Mason Dixon line and Bugs is trying to cross it. And uh, I can't see how that would play in the year 2020. <laughs> 
yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, um, people always tell Mel Brooks, you know, you could never make Blazing Saddles now. And Mel Brooks says, um, you couldn't make it then. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was prepared to, I mean, he didn't just like step over the line. I mean, he really lowered his head and went, went through it. Did, did you see that there's been some internet outcry about, uh, Robert Downey Jr.? from a movie that we've discussed, but we don't really know too much about the uh, Tropic Thunder and how he had wore blackface in that movie. And, they're going uh, back like 10, 15 years about this? Yeah, yeah, and they're like, can you believe Robert Downey Jr. wore blackface? That will, okay, okay. So they're, they're digging back. Well, okay, well, you can't destroy Robert Downey Jr. I mean, yeah. I, presumably, if he makes another movie like Doolittle, he could destroy himself. But I've got to think that he can take all of his Marvel money and live a more sensible life than Johnny Depp and be okay for the rest of his days, right? And his great-great-grandchildren as well. Okay. Okay. I mean, the... Um, uh, so, so but, but, they're not going to cancel... But, but, no, but I think it was it was like it was like the Twitter angry type of thing. So where you had like something that started to gain some steam and people, you know, young people who weren't familiar with the movie or the overall tone of the movie. So. Okay, I haven't seen this movie. I haven't seen the movie though. I've seen clips from it. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole point of that is that he's a method actor, and so he gets. He 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 lands the role of an African American soldier, and so he's he's in character. He's in character the whole time, and and so like it leads to I think what was supposed to be a really funny exchange between him and an actual um, African American actor uh, about (laughs) the nature of blackness and so forth. Uh, okay. Yeah, man, that seems like, look, I can see being offended at Al Jolson putting on blackface and singing Mammy. Uh, I absolutely cringed when Roger Sterling put on blackface. Uh, and that was like, what, 64? That I mean, the the scene was set in probably 64, 65. I'm trying to remember the Mad Men timeline. But I mean, you know that 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 made me cringe, and it made people cringe at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, people in the in the audience. I think Don Draper thought this is not Rod. Roger is not covering himself in glory right now. That's right, and that's why he got out of there and met Conrad Hilton. Mm-hmm. This isn't the party for me. Is that what he said? Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think he just kind of looked at it with some disdain, and uh, fired up a cigarette and then walked towards the. Uh, the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah, no, I mean, look, it, I mean that, I mean, all that minstrelly stuff is, 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 is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's what Robert Downey was doing. No. And by the way, I mean, how do you, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, I mean, I mean, times change. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I mean, the, the governor of, Virginia was caught in blackface and he continues to be the governor of Virginia. Makes me think that Al Franken really got screwed because Al Franken took one for the team. <laughs> and his thing was just like being, you know, trying to be funny and not being. Yeah, there's a there's a high price to pay for trying to be funny and then coming up a little short. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't know. Did did jesters get killed with frequency and in, in the king's court? I mean, if you if you put on a bad show for whatever the Assyrian king was it a was it a tough room? I imagine it probably was. Like, I mean, everybody has boundaries, right? That they just can't cross. I'm sure that the Assyrian jester could. Uh, you know, had to stay within some 
some boundaries, right? I don't know. You know, Don Rickles could say the horrible things to Sinatra. Don Rickles could say things to Sinatra that would have gotten anybody else killed. There's there's that clip, and I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen it, where Don Rickles is uh, is out to dinner, and he sees Frank Sinatra eating, and he says, hey, Frank, when you're done with dinner, come up and, and say hi. I've got my lady here with me. She's a huge fan. Can you just come up and say hi? He says, yeah, you got it, Don. No, no problem. He says, so about an hour and a half goes by, and Frank walks up and says, Hey, Don, nice to see you. And Don Rickles says, Frank, can't you leave me alone? Can't you see I'm eating here? That is, that's a great story. Yeah. That's the best. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, Don Rickles, I mean, his whole thing was just, was just being, I mean, and, and we only got a, a, a fraction of it because we, well, okay, people my age, I mean, I, I don't even know I mean, I guess Don Rickles lived to be really old, so you've seen him in some stuff. Yeah, he was he was he was doing some talk show spots, you know, late night stuff when you know I was in you know early twenties, mid twenties or so. So yeah, you're still around? Okay, yeah, I would see him on like the Tonight Show or or uh, the Dean Martin roast, which you know are available on digital video disc and probably the YouTubes. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta read the room. Yeah. What's funny is the way in which corporate America has as 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 the people who were in college when the first warnings about political correctness started coming around. So like the early 90s, okay? Um, they're all in the workplace now and they've learned the arcania of, of corporate, of the corporate world. And they're creating, I think, uh, a bloodless, you know, or a, you know, a, a robotic sort of workplace where, mm -hmm. you know, they just, they, they, they're, they're patient like serpents in tall grass. They wait for their time. They document. Um, and then, you know, when, and then they strike and, you know, leave a place a little more, um, a little, little less zestful than it had been, you know. Mm. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just p paving the way for uh, um, the eventual Amazon takeover with robots. Have you looked into the UBI, the Universal Basic Income? Mm -mm. Okay. Andrew Yang wasn't he a big? He was. It was. The right hates it, but, um, you know, they were saying, I don't know, there's different, there's different ways of looking at it, you know, taxing, like, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be able, okay, so like, for example, we'll, t we'll, we'll take a big company that uses robots extensively. The robots have replaced employees, which had to, and, and in doing so, um, they don't have to pay payroll tax. They don't have to pay Social Security, FICA. You know, the, they don't have to pay benefits to them. So a robot, while expensive in the first place and it costs something to maintain it, is in the long term cheaper than a human being. Uh, and... Um, um, so I think that people like Andrew Yang would just like to tax the robots. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is how many robots you have, but I don't know, it's weird, man. It's like Skylink. It's Rise of the Machines. Or you know what it's more like? I, did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica, the reboot? I watched, I watched the, 
like the first season and it was pretty good. Um, and then I, I don't know, something else came up and I just kind of, I lost it. So <clears throat> I watched um, the first, I watched the first season and it was, I thought it was great. It was very exciting. They had like those big taiko drums, you know, those Japanese drums pounding when like they, you know, they were about to have a dog fight in outer space and stuff. And that was cool. Um, but then as I got into it, like two, maybe three seasons and the Cylons were just more commendable in practically every way than um, the humans. And it made me feel bad for rooting against humanity because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the humans were always fighting with <laughs> with each other and do it, you know, betraying one another and, you know, just being horrible. And and then, you know, and I, and I don't like that. I think that's I think that's bad. Um I think it's bad for the spirit, okay? I think a lot of, and from what I've read, uh, I remember reading a critical essay of The Sopranos and saying that this, that a show that began with um, Shakespearean scope into a conflicted person just devolved into an outlet for the inner id of every frustrated suburban guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so like everybody that wants to smack around the 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 surly waiter or the guy at the at the home store who you know hassles you, you know, doesn't give you what you want or whatever, you know. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think identifying too much with, okay, so there's the villain and then there's the anti-hero and the anti-hero is who the thing is about and you're not really supposed to root for him, but you're just like watching his development and, and seeing what sort of person he is. And I think, look, I, 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 I can get behind uh, Mad Men more than these other shows uh, where the the protagonist is an anti-hero um because don draper is a terrible guy i wouldn't want him within 50 feet of my wife or daughter um but you know he he was also screwed up from a pretty rough upbringing so you get that and and i think that's somewhat mitigating um his his creative genius was mitigating you know what i uh, would would you and would you would you call raylan givens an anti-hero um no i don't think so because his his motivation wasn't to do bad things yes i uh, uh, he, he, this is a person with a sense of justice and uh, you know how he carried it out it could be questionable at times but but he wasn't he wasn't a criminal in the sense that he was seeking a way to take advantage of another human being or <clears throat> to sell, you know, to sell dope so he could get rich or things like that. Right. No, I, and I tend to agree. <clears throat> he did break the rules that one season when he was doing side jobs and he was, you know, apparently the marshal service doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So there was that. Um, in the rules. I don't know if that had gotten fired or just, you know, reprimanded or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I, no, I agree. I, I, I think that he was a, um, an, a, a fallible hero and not an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, and, and maybe one of the conceits of the show was that he never killed anybody that didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any mistakes, as opposed as opposed to Boyd, who was just a, um, uh, yeah, a, a, who had even less regard for human life. Yeah, he was killing everybody at the end. Yeah. So um, uh, at this point of the podcast, when Mrs. Winger's listening, um, she's probably fallen asleep by now. So it's okay to talk about stocks. Uh, what have you uh, What have you done with your Robinhood stocks? Well, I have taken that hundred dollars and I have buried it in the sand. 
<laughs> really? It's just sitting there. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's there and it's, you know, it'd be doing the same thing in my checking account. But why don't you invest in all birds? Uh, I don't know if I can. You know, uh, you know who I'd like to invest in. I, I, if I was going to invest in a car company, I would invest in Hyundai, but I don't think I can because it's like Korean or something. The Koreans do their business different. Like ten companies own everything. I think the Americans do the same thing. You just don't know about it. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. Hey, listen, I, I'm riding this. I'm riding this. Uh, so. So I took my $200. Do you know what that's grown to in the time that I've been in the market, Brian? Well, maybe explain when you got into the market. <laughs> kind of end, frame, frame this a little bit. At the end of the world, two months okay. ago. Okay. So I think, uh, let's see. Uh, so I invested 100 in April when it was cratering. And uh, I invested another hundred in May, so I took two hundred dollars. And you know what I'm doing right now? Two hundred forty-four dollars. What? What? <laughs> you and Jean Ralphio have a lot in common. Uh, I think I'm talking about season two, Jean Ralphio, not season four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's pretty specific. What's the difference between season two and season four, Jean Raphael? In uh, but this is a this is a far orbiting character in uh, Parks and Recreation. He he was flush with cash um, because he got hit by a car and uh but then he him and tom invested it into a media company entertainment that, 720 entertainment 720 yep yeah well everybody know everybody here at pacific century syndicate uh knows that <laughs> if you put if you put a number in <laughs> that's a hilarious connection yeah pacific century media Go on. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. And so he, yeah. you know, so they invested it all into a media company with that crazy office that had like a full-time DJ and a basketball court and odd shaped chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he was no longer flush with cash. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, I've been there. I've never been there. Um, so what, what, what wave are you writing for this plus $44? Well, first of all, Brian, I think I like to keep a lot of money on my, on main street. And that's why I'm very excited about Pacific century media and the managing expectation podcast, which where you can contact us by sending us a text at 214-970-8339, 214-970-8339, or send us an email at uh, uh, pack100media at gmail.com. Uh, I, well, um, I bought Twitter stocks. I bought... Um, Okay, they gave me a, a one stock of Ford when I when I signed up. So thank you, Robinhood, and that's been um, hovering around four uh, five bucks. And then um, Twitter's gone up. Uh, Southwest Airlines has gone down, and I bought into a uh, a North Dallas company called At Home. Do you have those stores in Colorado? At no. home, no. you don't. Mm -mm. It's uh, it's your home decorating superstore, Brian. Oh, so you've been in them. Your wife's been. Your wife's been in them. Uh, yeah, we've got Home Goods. Is this? Is are they related? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, uh, at home. 
so uh, it's so I you know I try to I try to keep my money where I'm at, um, and. So listen, um, we're we're we are running it down, and <laughs> we're running in place. Uh, this has been. Um, uh, will Jeff be able to turn that two forty into two sixty by next week? There's one way to find out, and that's to come on back. Uh, we did. Get, there's a couple of things we didn't get a chance to talk about, like uh, <laughs> like uh, painting. And uh, other stuff. <laughs> lots, lots of stuff. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about going to Splash Mountain. We didn't talk about the historical. Uh, <laughs> the uh, historical accuracy of Noah and the Ark and the Great Flood. <laughs> you know, so, a lot of uh, people think it was shaped like a boat. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah. So, um, listen, this has been a very good Managing Expectations podcast. It's brought to you by the Pacific Century Media Company. I'm Jeff Winger. With me is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. What's that, what's that text number one more time for those listening? Well, Brian, it's still 214-970-8339. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Listen, um, we will talk to you real soon. Uh, this is uh, this is it for today. You guys have been great. Brian, thanks a lot for your time. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. See you, Jeff. <laughs>